0: And welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To Do List. I am Eric Fisher, and this show is where I talk to the people behind the productivity. Listen in as I talk with them not just about how to be more efficient and effective, but how to do work with meaning and purpose. This week, I get to talk with Julie Sharon Osher. I think you're really going to like her story about how she got into productivity. It was really out of necessity. And isn't that really where it comes from most of the time is not just playing around with tips and tricks and tools, but this moment of crisis, if you will, that you have to change the way you're doing things and what you're doing in order to move forward. And her story is just like that. It involves the army. It involves physical and mental stress and her job. And you're going to love it. Before we get into that, I want to say thank you to Doodle for sponsoring this episode of Beyond the To-Do List. Doodle's an online scheduling tool that makes it easy to schedule a meeting with one or more people. I love Doodle because I can easily see everybody's availability for this group meeting. I can send out the invite, they can check if they're available or not for all the different options, and the basic scheduling is free. And they also offer free personal scheduling profiles called Meet Me. In fact, I know a number of people use this because. I interact with them and I get scheduled on their meetings. I am one of the over 24 million people using Doodle each month to save time and to schedule all my different events. You should check out Doodle. Premium Doodle is available for $39 per year and offers business users even more additional features like calendar integration and automatic reminders and a lot more. Anyway, you can get started for free by visiting... Beyond the to do dot com slash doodle. They have new apps out for iPhone and Android. Don't forget to check those out as well. Again, beyond the to dot com slash doodle. Take away that scheduling pain, guys. Seriously, make it an enjoyable experience. This is one of the first steps to making your meetings more enjoyable is to set them up with less stress by using doodle. This week, I get the privilege of talking to not only another podcaster, but a productivity podcaster at that, which is always awesome. Welcome to the show, Julie Sharonosher.
1: Thank you, Eric. I am so excited to be on this show.
0: How'd I do? Is that is that right?
1: Did That's perfect.
0: Good. Okay. Uh, so, where where are you right now as as we are talking?
1: Uh, physically in the world. Yeah, I'm in Israel near Lake galilee and it's a beautiful day
0: oh awesome see it's early in the morning here still so that's kind of it's kind of you're, you're talking to me in the future again <laughs> you're the second person in a row that i've talked to like that last time it was somebody it was like 4 a.m their time and for me it was like late the afternoon but they were in the next day already so um so you oh my gosh you're let's start with your story because I found okay. that to be fascinating. Let's talk about this. Cause it, and we were just talking pre-show about superheroes, and you said, and you like me, and we're gonna, I'm anyway. We're gonna talk about this, but uh, superhero origin story. What's your productivity superhero origin story? We both love Batman. Tell me how you became a productivity Batman.
1: Oh wow, I love Batman. Um, so it actually it all started by accident. Um, I was never. I, I never wanted to do productivity things and to teach other people about time because I sucked at it. Like every mistake that you can possibly think about, I, I've made it. Like I'm the crash dummy of time management. <laughs> and I, I, I was a good goody two-shoes. I studied well. I had great grades. And in Israel where I live and where I grew up, we all get recruited to the army once we're finished with high school. And I was so terrified from going to the army <laughs> um, that I actually closed a deal with the army that they will finance my schooling, my college degree in computer science, which has been my dream. I come from a family of computer science geeks. And later, I will serve more years in the army, but in my profession. And this is what happened. So I found myself serving as a captain, as a high officer in the Israeli Defense Forces for seven years. And because of the nature of my work, I was responsible for a lot of very crucial systems. I had a few dozens of people, uh, subordinates underneath me, taking my orders. I had a few systems and I was actually very good. So I got a ton of responsibility and it was very, very stressful because if my system didn't work, it was a national security problem. This was really intense. So I, at some point, found myself working 16 to 18 hours every day. And that's before traffic. So I was pretty exhausted. Um, I really loved what I was doing. I loved the people I was serving with. But at some point, it started being all too much. So I started learning about time management. I read all the books and GTD and I um, served the internet and tried to find hacks and tips that will help me in my time management. And what I found was that no matter what I tried, it never lasted. I would go on a spree, I would start, I would be super good. And then about a month later, I would suddenly find myself rolling back to my old habits. So like most people, I decided that the problem is in me and I'm just a procrastinator. I just can't manage my time well. I'm just this disorganized person and this is whom I'll ever be. And I just accepted defeat. Lucky for me, uh, my health came in the way. I literally broke my back. I herniated a disc at the age of 25 and I came to my doctor. I was dragging my leg. This was very unpleasant. It went for a few months, I went to my doctor and he said that I need to start working four hours a day. Now, Eric, when someone comes and tells you, you need to start working four hours a day, you you don't take them literally. He's like, okay, so half a shift, right? (laughs) Half a day, work less, like be a human being. And I was like, okay, so I'm working 16 to 18 hours. If I start working a normal shift, like nine hours, I'm going to be fine. This is like half a day for me. And this is what I started doing. It failed miserably. (laughs) uh, Oh my God, How it was such a huge failure. I did not get anything done. My subordinates did not remember who the heck I was, uh, how I look like. My uh, commander kept calling me because things were falling apart all around me. And yet, three months later, I broke my back again. And there I was with three herniated discs before the age of 26. Sitting in my doctor's office. I actually needed my boyfriend to help me get up the stairs to get to his office. So I was pretty crippled. And my doctor looked at me and said, Look, I (laughs) you did not understand. When I said four hours, I meant tops. Like three hours would be better. And to make it perfectly clear, because I see that you're kind of a dumb officer, unless you do that, you will reach the age of thirty in a wheelchair. And this is where everything changed because I suddenly was in a situation where I could not win. I couldn't work the amount of hours that I had to because, I mean, how do you cram 18 hours into four? No one can do that, especially that I tried and I couldn't, (laughs) not even in nine hours. Like, (laughs) how are you going to do it in four? So I, I, I really did not know what to do. I was very lost. I accepted defeat I came to my commanders and I asked them to transfer me to a different position where I could do perhaps less significant work, but something that I can actually finish and not reach the age of 30 in a wheelchair. The answer that I got was that they love me very much. They're very, very pleased with the work I was doing, which I wasn't, (laughs) but that's a whole different story there. And they accept the fact that I need to work only four hours. They cannot tell me to work more because it was a medical recommendation, but they will not transfer me. They don't have anyone else to come and do my job and they need the job done. So I have four hours a day and they wish me the best of luck. Wow. So I basically didn't have a choice but to start hacking my time. I understand that, well, time management didn't work for me. I tried that. So I accepted my defeat. I accepted the fact that I will never, ever get promoted, that I will never, ever be the one that gets awarded for being best officer or best leader or that her subordinates worship her. I would never be that person because I just didn't have the time to be that person. All I could hope for was to be the person that doesn't fail as miserably as I used to. This was my only chance because I couldn't break my contract it's the army I can't quit so I decided to do exactly that I decided to suck less so (laughs) you laugh but this is is the only thing that I had basically suck less so I started every single day I had a goal to find the one thing that if I do that in my four hours it will bring my project closer to winning one thing it could have been a meeting, it could have been uh, a process, it could have been some coding, it could have been a talk with one of my subordinates, one thing. And I consistently started doing that one thing. And then when I started being very good at prioritizing, because at first it was it, it would take me like two hours just to decide what that one thing for today was, and then I just had two more hours and that's it. So when I got really good at this prioritizing thing, I suddenly started seeing more structures. I started seeing ways that it would be easier for me to do things, and I started writing things down. I just—I—I am I, a writer. I always write things in my little notebook. So I started taking notes of everything. What made me feel good during which hours of the day I'm good with creative work. During which hours of the day I'm good with people skills. I started taking notes of everything and hacking myself. So after a couple of weeks, I started inserting small changes to my routines. I would still work four hours, but instead of come at 8 a.m., I would come at 10. And then suddenly my productivity would get a lot better because these were my better hours. And so I continued doing until a couple months later, I suddenly looked at my calendar. It was a Tuesday. And I had all my tasks for the rest of the week done. Completely. Wow. Totally. Everything. Things that would to take me 16 hours previously a day for a whole week to do. So I still didn't realize that I had gold in my hands by then uh, until other officers started coming and asking for advice. And we started hacking them because obviously the things that I found about me were personal to me. They were custom tailored for my time management. So we started custom tailoring their time management systems. And so we did. And in a process of two years... I remind you, I I was told that I will never get promoted ever again. I got promoted thrice in two years. Wow. I got awarded. I got nominated as the best leader and officer of our unit. And when my contract came to an end, the army, the same army that told me that I'm useless and no one will hire me after the army, begged me to stay, (laughs) even if it was for one hour a day. These are their words. So this is how I came to time hacking. I basically broke my back and didn't have a choice. And today what I do is basically the same thing just for entrepreneurs. I help successful entrepreneurs hack their time and create time management systems that work for them.
0: That's great. I love the story. And uh, I just – we've got to unpack some of what you learned. And, of course, it's all going to be very, in a sense, circumstantial and and very much unique to you. And that's good because – it, I mean, that's what it's all about. Is again, you had to help others hack themselves as well. You couldn't apply literally everything you learned right over to them. Although there's probably some stuff that's universal, or even some principles that that carry over, or at least start initially and then get more personal as you work with them on each different person, right?
1: Yeah. Well, it, it basically it's like colors. So there are many people in the world that red t-shirts would look great on them, right? There are a lot of people, but there are some that it would look horrible on them. So you just need to know if you're the type of person that a red T-shirt would look good on.
0: That's great. Hey, you're applying fashion. That really works. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Okay. So you're not doing anything for the Army now. Is that right?
1: No. I got released. I chose not to continue my um, Army career, and today I am a full-time entrepreneur.
0: Wow. That's awesome. And so then you're now doing a podcast called Time Hacks?
1: Time Hackers.
0: Time yeah. Hackers. Oh, I love that. And you even just started a brand new one, which is Time Hackers Heroes?
1: Yeah, we. Uh, <laughs> I started Time Hackers uh, three months ago, and it became to be a huge success. Apparently, people love listening to me for 10 minutes twice a week, tell them all sorts of hacks. And it's we're just talking practical things that they can apply in their lives starting today. Uh, but we, I got actually a lot of uh, questions from people that wanted to know what are the tricks of the truly successful people. So I created another podcast that's called Time Hacker's Hero Edition where I interview amazing entrepreneurial superhero, modern superheroes like yourself, Eric. <laughs> and I basically question them about all the questions that no one else asks them. How do they manage their time? What do they find that helps them to delegate? What are their super weapons? What do they use on their iPhone? What are the things that make them tick?
0: Awesome. Yeah, and that's in a sense, that's one of the things that originally – I set out to do with this show and, and it kind of, you know, I took on that whole broad spectrum of, I want to talk to any and everybody about productivity. So there's all these, these different realms of not just hacking your time and getting stuff done, but also how to prioritize and picking the right things to do and, and even how to take the right breaks and, and every, just everything, the whole spectrum. So I love that you're, you're talking to these people about their, their superhero powers of productivity.
1: Well, you know, Eric, your show is like the Godfather of productivity on iTunes for me. Uh, and you and your show have been a huge inspiration for me, so thank you.
0: You're welcome. Well, let's let's uh let's share some of the stuff that you know with the listeners because I know that you people are hearing you say, "Okay, you had 16 hours worth of work to do and you did it in 4." And they don't believe that that's possible. And in a sense, I even don't believe that that's possible. <laughs> Although I know, partly, probably what happened was some of the stuff they were giving you probably, if you added it all up, didn't really take 16 hours. It's just that that's what you were told to do, or you know, you. It, in other words, it, the the tasks expanded to fit that 16 hours, right?
1: Uh, partially, yes. Partially, yes. No, I mean,
0: not yes. that's not the an- the, the be all end all answer, but I know. Probably some of it was that was the answer to some of it. So you know, let's get that one right out of the way because the rest of it is how to still get the stuff done and and maybe estimate uh, how long a task will actually take. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So how do we do that? How do we estimate things? Like if if we if we think something if we think, oh my gosh, I've got all this stuff to do and it's going to take me sixteen hours. There's no way I can do it in four. How would you then say? Well, let's figure out what it really should take you time to do.
1: Well, actually, uh, I have a little tip that I use and I use with all my clients that helps people to soothe before they start planning ahead of their time. Because one of the most common problems is that we panic. We have like five different projects and we want to get them all done because these are all our responsibilities. So we do a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of that and a little bit of that and we end up with 20% of five different projects instead of finishing 100 of the one that was truly crucial and important for today. So we do that because we panic. So the first thing to not panic is to understand how time works. And time, unlike what people tell us, that it's like uh, sand through the hourglass or, or water in the river. It's like a suitcase. So we all packed a suitcase at least once in our life, right? Yeah. So if you think about a suitcase and about one day, you have the same amount of space in your suitcase because it's the same suitcase. So you always have 24 hours. And You always have the lining inside the suitcase that grabs a little bit of your space so you can't cram things in it. Well, this is the time that it takes you to sleep because you need to sleep. You know what? Mm -hmm. You need to sleep. You need to eat. You need to do all these things. And then when you pack for a trip in Alaska, you start by putting all your essentials. So you will not be putting there your bathing suit. It's kind of, you know, stupid. Yeah. (laughs) You will need your gloves. You will need mittens. You will need uh, warm clothing. You will need medicine because you might catch a cold. It's cold out there. So you will start by defining the absolute musts.
0: Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search. Slash to do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed.
1: And musts are things that, unless you will have them for your trip, you might die. So, this is what you do when you start planning your day. You first put on your schedule the things that have to happen. So, if you have a meeting, a board meeting, it has to occur. But if you have a team meeting, you can postpone it. So, you need to know which things have to happen and which things are a nice to have. And you start by fitting everything that is a must into your suitcase. And you start finding how long it will take. So how will you know how long things take you? How will you estimate the space that they will take in your suit, in your suitcase? So the first thing to do is to try to remember if you have already done something like this. So for me, in the army, usually when someone sets up a meeting for one hour, it usually takes between um, an hour and 15 minutes and an hour and a half because people get late and we have some someone who always like to talk a lot. So it never took one hour. So instead of planning that if I have a meeting from 3 to 4 p.m., Instead of planning that I will have something else that I need an hour for from four to five, I will always plan from four and a half to five and a half because I know how long it takes me because I have previous knowledge. So this is the first thing that you can do. The second thing that you can do is estimate. And estimating for new things is the hardest part of time management because how will you know? So the easiest thing is just to break it down to smaller projects to smaller tasks. So let's say that you need to write a blog post and you've never written a blog post ever before. So start writing on a piece of paper. What does it mean to write a blog post? So you need to create a content. So you need to think about what you want to write about, right? Yeah. So this is number one. Number two, you need to actually create the content to write the actual text. Then you think, oh, but I, I would like to have a picture because all that tax is just too much. I want to have something pretty so people can look at. So you need to find an appropriate picture. And you start listing all these things. Then you need to schedule it. Then you think, oh, wait, I need to find keywords so people will know how to find it. And this way you list all the tasks that are underneath the umbrella of this one task of creating a blog post. And once you have smaller tasks underneath this umbrella most probably that most of them you have done before for different projects in your life. So you can you can know how long they usually take you. And if you still don't know, then make an assessment. And even if you are not accurate 100%, because these are smaller tasks, the probability is that if you overestimate one of them, you will a little bit underestimate the other. So if you take 15% of buffer overall, On the entire task of creating a blog post, you should be fine.
0: Oh, I love that. And and I love that even in that process, you're you're also breaking down that new thing that you've never done into smaller, easy-to-do pieces. So it feels a little less daunting of a task itself anyway. But then each of those little pieces you can compare to or even identify as things you've already done or find similar things that you've done to those things and be able to estimate them better, and then you've broken it down even further.
1: Yeah, it's actually something that even if you know exactly how long a task will take you, an umbrella kind of task, I still recommend people break it down because... Once you start, we love taking things off of our to-do list. It makes us feel accomplished. We like it. It makes us creating a momentum. Mm -hmm. And a momentum is everything. So break everything down into small tasks. I call them single-step tasks. So, for instance, writing the content, you can still uh, uh, split it up furthermore. But looking for a photo, this is a single-step process. You can't split it any longer. So I suggest... Um, splitting all your tasks into single step tasks. And then once you start doing them, taking them off of your to do list, it will be a lot more fun. You will know exactly where you are in the process. And if you suddenly need to quit because you thought that you had 16 hours, but you actually have only four, you will know exactly where to pick up from tomorrow when you come back to this.
0: Oh, that's a great point. Yeah, because that's one of the other things that we find hard to do is, oh, we've moved the project forward, but I don't know where to pick back up on it next time I can.
1: <laughs> exactly, oh. exactly. This was very. This was very hard for me, especially when I used to work on projects that uh, involved a lot of other people, several teams that combined their efforts to running it. So I would work for four hours, I would go home, and I would come back late and like the next day, and I had absolutely no idea where my project is, what do they get to do, where do I start? So this is, this is a big thing, That's especially huge. for teams.
0: Yeah. Um, so did we unpack the entire suitcase? Is there more in the suitcase?
1: Oh, well, the suitcase is full of surprises, as always. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but I just think that when you think about your time as something as familiar as a suitcase – and it's packing into it, it has a very structured algorithm to what you need to do. So whenever people come and say, well, I am super, I'm not organized. I don't know how to manage my time. I've never done this. What are your top three steps for me to get from unorganized to time management ninja? I always tell them, step number one, get clarity. And clarity is, I can't stress enough how important it is, we all Sometimes feel like we're running around like headless chicken, not knowing what we're working on. Like I mentioned with the five projects that we, you know, uh, follow each and every one of them till the 20% and never finish anything. Well, this is very dangerous because unless we're going to have early wins, we we will start feeling that our efforts are fruitless and we'll get demotivized and we might miss out on the most important project of our life just because we didn't know to recognize that this one is the most important one. And this is dangerous, especially if you're an entrepreneur. Yeah. So getting clarity is basically performing a very sophisticated brain dump. So three questions that I want you to answer. First one, what are all the projects that I am involved in right now? So all the projects that you're pay- taking part in right now, just list them. Write them on a piece of paper. Don't screen, don't filter. Whatever it is that you're a part of, write it down. The second question I want you to answer is, what are the projects or commitments that I want to be a part of? So this sets room and place for things that we are always dreaming of, but we never have time for it. When I was in the the army and my first commander ever told me that if I allow it, the day-to-day routines will suck up as much time as I will give them. And if you want to do something extraordinary, something that you always dream of, but you don't have time for, you need to make time for it. And the first step to making time for it is to list it as something that you want to address. So this is the answer to the second question. What are the things that you wish you would be a part of? And the final and third question of getting clarity is What are your daily routines? So if you're a parent and you're picking your kids up from school every day, this is something that you need to have time for. If you're walking your dog, if you're calling your mother, if you're picking up laundry, if you're cooking, if you're going to the grocery shop, all these little things that we take as granted, they take up time. And if you had to put all those things in your suitcase, you would need to make room for them. So you need to make room for them on your schedule as well. So this is how you gain clarity. You write down all the the answers to these three simple questions. And once you have that in front of you, the voices in your head, stop talking. You have everything in front of you. And now you can actually prioritize. You can actually decide what you want to invest your time in for the next week or month or a year depending on the project, you can decide that the most important thing for you is a podcast and creating a show. Or you can decide that the most important thing for you is gaining traffic to your blog. And only afterwards, you will invest time in your podcast. This is up to you. But when you have everything in front of you, it's a lot easier. It's like when you're packing a suitcase, and you first create a list of all the things that you need to take with you, and then you lay them on the bed, beside the suitcase, it makes it a lot easier to fit everything nicely because you know all the things that need to cram inside, right? Yeah. So yeah, this is that. exactly what you're doing. This is, this is the exact process. So this was step one, creating clarity. Step two is actually prioritizing those things. And these, this has two steps. So the first one is obvious. It's putting all the projects in the, set, in the order of importance for you. It's not your wife's priority. It's not your kid's priority. It's not even your boss's priorities. These are your priorities. And this is something that saved me in the army. Because mostly, my priorities were completely different than my boss's. And this saved us. Because I was the technical lead. And he was more of a politician. So we took care of each other's back in this way. So he had his priorities. I had mine. And this is how we worked. So... What happens when you need to prioritize something like your well-being and your health? Because we mentioned that you need to list everything. So if you go for a gym or for a run or you do yoga, you need time for that, right? Yeah. How do you prioritize? Do you – like my well-being is above anything else that I do. How do I prioritize it and not find myself working out six hours a day and not doing anything else in my work? So this – Things that are projects without a deadline, they have a little bit of a different um, objective for them. Define how much time and how often you want to invest in them. So for me, I want to invest one hour in my health every day. So I know that every day I have a block of one hour, hour and then I can go for a walk, I can go for a run, I can go for yoga, but I have one hour block. And this is something that I do for each one of those um, deadline-less projects. So for cooking, for uh, home chores and stuff like that. I just have it in blocks. So this is step number two, prioritizing. You compartmentize all the things that you have in your clarity compartment. And the final step is the easiest one. It's planning your day ahead. This is so crucial and people don't get it. Invest 10 minutes or less Once a day in planning ahead your day, you can plan in the evening, the, the next day, if it makes you feel better. Some people like myself like to start with their day of planning. Plan your day. Put your suitcase in front of you. Put your calendar in front of you and put all the list of the things that you need to do. Ask yourself for each task. Do you have to be the one to do it? Because most of the time, the answer is no, you can delegate it. And if you can't delegate it, please do. And the second question I want you to ask for each task is, do I have to do it today? And this question, remember when we talked about packing for uh, Alaska? Yeah. This is the question that will define if you're trying to pack in your suitcase a bathing suit for Alaska. Because if you don't have to do it today, it's not a must for today. You will put it in a list that we call nice to haves. And if you have room in your suitcase, you will fit it in. But if you don't, nothing happened no harm done and this is how you will always always get to all the projects that you want you will have a healthy life and you will always do the absolute maximum out of every single day
0: oh i love it sounds like something that would apply to everybody how do you go about then somebody says well you know that's that's fine for you that's a habit maybe that fits you how do i adapt Or make my own system for myself if I'm different from you.
1: Well, it depends different how. Um, One of the first, the first question that people need to ask themselves is what is not working, because we're very harsh on ourselves. We say that we're procrastinators, that we're not good with time management. But but truly, if you just stop for a second and get out of this cycle of, of. uh, blaming yourself, what is really not working? Because if the thing that's not working for you is that you never get things done on the deadline, then you need help with planning. You're not very good with planning for the long term of goals. And this is solved by back planning. If you are someone who you get things done on deadlines, but you don't do the right things, it seems like things are falling between the cracks. Well, in this case, you need help with prioritizing. If you are the type of person that you're just overwhelmed by everything around you, you need help with clarity. And we can go on and on and on. It all depends on what is your problem. If you can define what it is that's not working, we can find methods that work for you. That will make it easier for you with your routines without changing you. We can make something that is, you know, like a custom tailored suit. It will oh, fit okay. you perfectly.
0: I gotcha, and and that's really the only way that it works, isn't it? Because if if I try to wear somebody else's suit, it's not going
1: to fit. Exactly. <laughs> it, it might fit. It might. You know, we today you go uh, for, uh, for to a department store or to um, to buy some clothes, wherever, and you they will ask you what size are you. Well, you know, what does it matter? I'm uh, I'm one and a half meters high and I weigh this and that amount of kilograms and my size is I don't know forty two European and there can be someone else who is uh, one point eight meters and weighs the same thing and is not the same um, and it will not wear the same size you know so yeah. you need you we have different body structures we have different. Um, Um, body types, and we have different tastes. So going only according to size is very dangerous.
0: Oh, yeah. That clothing metaphor is great, because it it not only is it different sizes, but different styles of the again, go back to fashion. And then the the idea that, you know, maybe I'll get it on. But if it doesn't fit right, I'm not going to keep it on, I'm going to take it right off and then go back into my old ways
1: exactly oh, and if it. it's not and if it's not comfortable not only if you don't like it but if it, you know sometimes girls especially do that <laughs> or i do that <laughs> i buy something and it looks so good seriously it's so nice and it's so good and then i will find out that if i want to go and sit down with it somewhere it's not very comfortable so i will not wear it a single time it needs not only to look good but work with your needs and if you're a person that sits a lot it needs to be comfy.
0: Yeah. Man. It, it, so it, it sounds like we also we almost need to be a student of ourselves, right? We need to know ourselves a bit or study ourselves or accept ourselves to be able to, to really get a good start on this.
1: Exactly. This is step one, accepting who you are. Because you know what? We're all grown ups here. We're not gonna change that much. And we have ourselves to live with for the rest of our lives. We might as well like ourselves.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. Uh let's see. What else did time is so uh, there's time is you can go anywhere with it. I know one of the things that you talk about a bit and one of the things that I really love thinking about and trying to get better at even personally is just this whole idea of how much time we feel and how much stress too we spend Thinking and doing and worrying about our email. And I, I just know that you practice Inbox Zero. What does that mean to you?
1: Oh my God. Inbox Zero saved my life. I am not joking. So when I started learning about time management, I obviously stumbled upon Tim Ferriss's book, The Four Hour Work Week. And I really, really respect Tim, but. Everything that he said there about how to manage your email, that you need to check it only once or twice a day and have an autoresponder and all that good jazz, it just didn't work for me because I'm that schizo person that needs to check their email constantly. Like I would check my inbox five or six times every hour. And unless I do that, I don't feel complete. I cannot concentrate on anything else. So I developed my own method to Inbox Zero because I noticed that when emails start accumulating in my inbox, I I, I can't work. It literally, I, there is a voice in my head telling me, oh, my God, you're swamped. Oh, my God, your email is full. Oh, my God, you're not answering your fans, woman. Answer them. <laughs> answer them. Answer th- I, This is going on in my head. I cannot do anything. I'm paralyzed. So for me, inbox zero is a way to live because unless I have inbox zero, I can't do anything unless I take care of it. But I can't sit in my email and take care of all, every single email as, as soon as it arrives, right? I don't have time for this. right? So what I developed, I, allow my, I, know, I accept myself for the weirdo that I am. I accept myself for the person that I am that I need to check my inbox as often as I do, but I limit it. So I allow myself to check my inbox as often as I want, even if it's every minute, but I cannot open emails and I cannot attend to them. I can't do anything except from deleting or archiving them during the day. So I know what I have in my inbox, but I'm not wasting time on handling it. I have a 25-minute slot every day where I handle my email. And by handle, what I mean is that I go over all my emails and I decide which project does this email is a part of. So I don't answer most emails immediately. So if I get fan mail, I will tag it under engagement project and I have one hour every day that I take care of engagement. So you might ask, so why Don't you just take care of it? Why don't you just answer it if it's just a fan mail or just something quick that you can take care of? Because I don't want email cutting in line. I spend every morning 10 minutes to plan out my day according to a prioritized list of tasks. If I allow myself to spend time on tasks of other projects before I even had a chance to prioritize them, they just cut in line. And that's just not fair. (laughs) Yeah. I'm big on fair. Like I'm (laughs) justice is very, very strong around here. So I, I just don't like things cutting in line. So I will catalog it to be in the appropriate folder of the project. And the next time that I prioritize this project, this will get its priority. So if you write to me, sometimes I can answer within five minutes, sometimes within a week but never longer than that. And this way, I have folders for for all the projects. They're always prioritized. Everything inside them is always prioritized because I spend 15 minutes once a week to prioritize them. Like, I don't spend more than that on it. And my inbox is always empty. And then I can have peace of mind to do everything else.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that you're not doing stuff or sitting there Piddling with the email when it's in when and when there is something new in there, as long as you know what it is, you don't have to. You know you don't have to do anything about it right now, and you know you've kept tabs on it. And there's not any emergencies. It, it, that's one of it's. That's almost like like most people, they make the mistake of putting both feet into their email all day every day and so they keep it open or they keep checking it over and over and then looking at it and staring at it and you know they really they either don't do anything with it or they have their mind there and their attention there the entire time so it's almost like they're multitasking everything else in the world that they need to do along with email all day long and you're saying you're kind of keeping one foot in there but one foot out you know where you can peek in real quick and say, oh, nothing new in there. Good. I don't have to think about it. And you're allowing yourself to peek as often as you want to, but you know, okay, good. I don't have to, there's nothing in there that's going to blow up on me, which is one of the things we keep checking for, right?
1: Well, actually I, people, I, I had a blog post all about how I handle my inbox and how I um, reach inbox zero. And it kind of exploded and went viral on uh, LinkedIn and on Twitter. And it was right at the beginning of my blog, so it was very <laughs> surprising. So and people started tweeting me, well, what happens if I have something urgent? Do I need to wait until I have my twenty five minute allowance? Right. What how what do I do? So the first thing to understand is that most of the things that we think that are urgent are not. Mm. And just to make it clearer for other people, I created a little tool, like it's a decision tree that you just open it. And it asks you three questions, and once you're done answering, it tells you if you need to answer this email right now, or you can leave it be, let it be until you have email time. So this and most of the tools that I was talking about here, I will just put everything on imjulie.com forward slash beyond. So all the amazing listeners of Beyond the To-Do List can go there and download it for free. Um, so you don't need to remember anything that we said.
0: Nice. Awesome. And I see that our suitcase is starting to get full now, too, near (laughs) near the end of our conversation. Um, But uh, yeah, I'm trying to anticipate what somebody who's listened to this so far would say is maybe is is there a way that, yeah, if I've I've got something urgent, I've got, you know, I don't have to take care of it right away all the time. Things that that feel urgent aren't always urgent. That's kind of something we don't really remember doing. Actually, let me ask you this. Let me ask you the question I ask most people. Why uh, Why wouldn't that make sense to do? <laughs> um, <laughs> in an ideal world, how do you start your day?
1: Well, I actually do my ideal morning routine every day. Awesome. Not because I'm that good, because this is the only thing that works for me. Um, and I tried a lot. So because I have a lot of years of military service in my past, I am really good at getting myself ready for the day really fast. And what I found out is that once I wake up, I need, you know how we always talk about minimal viable product, like you need to ship the minimal thing that without it, your clients or customers cannot operate and then build upon it. Like first ship the, the, the absolute musts. So this is what I do. I have only two things that I need to do every morning. I wake up, I have to brush my teeth. Well, obviously, most people do. Uh, I have to brush my hair. If my hair I have a long hair and if my hair is unbrushed, I cannot concentrate. I told you, I'm a freak. I do these two things and I'm ready to roll. I dive right in into my 10 minutes of planning where I plan ahead my day, my suitcase for the day. And then I go, I make myself a cup of coffee once I know that everything is planned out and I have room for everything that I want to get done today. I make myself a cup of coffee and then I dive in. I usually spend the first half of my day doing creative work. So writing blog posts, outlining and recording podcast episodes, uh, guest blogging, all this good jazz, creating Canva photos, which is a hobby of mine. Then I have lunch break, and then the rest of the day, usually until 6 or 7 p.m., I invest in methodical work, so editing things, helping others. I get a lot of uh, questions from my listeners, Uh, engagement, email, all these things, meetings. I never, never, ever schedule meetings for early morning because this is my best time for everything else, and this is how I finish my day, and I finish my day always with a reward. I reward myself with something fun. So it can be something as a movie. I'm a big movie fan. Uh, It usually is with my boyfriend because we're both entrepreneurs and we work in the same uh, workspace. So we we try to finish at the same timeline and we watch a movie together or a nice dinner that we uh, made home because I love to cook. But I make sure that I do something really fun to reward myself for being good all day long.
0: Oh, I love it. Yeah, because you've got to have something to look forward to so that you know kind of what
1: you're doing it for. Uh, yeah, and I think that this was something that was really holding me back when I was in the Army working 18 hours. I didn't have time for any reward, so it didn't matter if I did good or not.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, again, in, no incentive means no work gets done.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly, uh. and I and I know, I know that if my boyfriend, Maron is finishing work today at 8 p.m. because he has a webinar that he's hosting, then I know that I'm allowed to take a break of an hour and a half in the middle of the day and go rest, take a walk, walk with my dog, listen to, watch some YouTube videos or listen to some music and then work until eight. So I switch and change to make it fit because my perfect evening is with him. So I will make all the adjustments that I can, but I will not work more hours just because he is because then tomorrow will not be productive for me.
0: Ah. Oh, there you go. Prioritizing. Love yep. it. Well, Julie, it's been awesome to have you on the show. Where can everybody find you online?
1: Well, everything I do is always over at imjulie.com. This is the letter i, the letter m and julie. You can find both podcasts there. You can find my blog. You can find a whole bunch of resources. And as I mentioned, everything that we talked about here today, I will summarize nicely and put it as a PDF over at imjulie.com forward slash beyond just for you guys.
0: Awesome, Julie, it's been awesome talking with you. Thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Eric, thank you so, so much for allowing me to come here, for having this chat with me. This is Seriously, one of my biggest to do's on my bucket list of life is now (laughs) done.
0: Awesome. I'm glad I can help you with that. (laughs) Wasn't that great? I love the fact that her story just propelled her forward, that she knew she was in a crisis mode and had to move forward and had to change things and and not just once, but more than once changed it up. And man, I've been there. Have you been there? I've been there. I'd love to hear your story. If you have a story like that, if you have a place in time where you maybe have struggled since then in different, you know, seasons, but there was a turning point, a pivot point where that happened to you, I'd love to hear it. Feel free to drop me a line. Go to beyondthetodolist.com. You can click feedback. You can shoot me a message that way. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks again to Doodle for sponsoring this episode of Beyond the To-Do List. Again, don't forget to take the pain out of scheduling your meetings which is the first step to making your meetings less painful period go to beyond the to slash doodle to get started with doodle for free thanks again for listening if you've enjoyed this episode please feel free to let me know how you're enjoying it by going to itunes go over to beyond the slash itunes and you can leave me a rating or a review i would really appreciate it thanks again and i will see you next episode